All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. The lead, as always, is brought to you by our friends at Soho. Check them out, SohoYeg.com. If you're sitting downtown and you're like, hey, I need a good lunch deal. Boom, $9 lunch special at Soho. If you're sitting around tonight, you're going, hey, I want to go watch the Oilers take on the Minnesota Wild at a spot with great atmosphere. Boom, Soho Yeg, $8 for a pint and a slice during Oilers games. Also specials on Canadian and Coors and half price wings. It does not get any better than that. Shout out to our friends at Soho. The lead today, it was a big Friday night for the Edmonton Oilers, a performance that I would argue was their best of the season. They're going to have to repeat it tonight as they take on Minnesota in Minnesota. We'll get to that with our Sherwood Ford Giant game day a little bit later on. But for now, let's focus on that big dub on Friday. Like I said, in my opinion, their most impressive performance or one of their most impressive performances of the entire season. If you look just at sort of the basic box cars of that game, you'd be like, ah, maybe it was a little bit underwhelming for the Oilers. They did get outshot. Minnesota popping home north of 40 shots in total. That was impressive. They did get most of them, though, or a good chunk of them. 
on the power player shorthanded when it wasn't five on five. At five on five, the Oilers were without a doubt the better hockey team in that game. They outshot the Minnesota Wild 32 to 23. The scoring chances were 27-22. The high danger looks were 14 to 10, according to Natural Statric. And the number that was the most important, five on five goals were two to one in favor of the Oilers. And they got scoring from areas of their lineup that they maybe haven't been getting a lot of scoring from. Uh, as always, I want your take on it. We are live on the Nation Network YouTube. I see the chat is popping off already. Like I said, it's a loaded show because not only do we have a Sherwood Ford Giant game day, but Bruce Kerlock is going to be around. He is the newest writer to join the staff here at Oilers Nation. Going to be handling some Condors prospect stuff as well. He is a great follow on Twitter. He's going to be stopping by to chat a little Condors as well. Um, but before that, I'm going to bring in my guy, Liam who is down at Nation HQ. I am out in the Sports Closet studio. Uh, Liam, Friday night, big dub. What'd you think? Yeah, I kind of just echo what you said. I thought the Oilers actually put together one of the better performances of the season. And the fact they were able to kind of continue this little hot streak now, what is it, five of the last yeah. seven they have wins in? Like, looking mm -hmm. to make it six tonight. Like, it's starting to, to look like this team is kind of forming a bit more of an identity and able to get, get some fluidity through the team and like guys who lower end guys like Clem Costin, for example, like stepping up and like having good games yep. again, Derek Ryan grabbed another goal. Like finally, like we're seeing everything we've been clamoring for, for the first like 25 games of the season. Like now it's finally coming together and they're on a bit of a roll here. Uh, what's our light goal today? Cause I know this has a couple different angles to it. So I made the light goal 56. And it has two reasons. One, obviously, Kyla Yamamoto grabbed his first goal of the season. So that's big. And it's also the amount of years I've been waiting for England to win a World Cup. And unfortunately, that ended again on Saturday. So hopefully, yeah. 60 will be the year for England. I've been waiting a long time. <laughs> you yourself have not been waiting 56 years because you were not that old. But spiritually, <laughs> they make me yes, feel like have. it. Yeah, yeah, and I yeah. felt for you. I mean, that that second penalty kick, it, it felt like it was going to be one of those like historic moments. Um, the chat is kind of giving it to you. Mm -hmm. Kylie was worried you weren't going to be here today, but I'm happy to see you're, uh, you know, you got a bit of a smile on. You, you're putting on a brave face for us, and I appreciate that. Well, being an England fan is not easy. So the best part no. about it was the family members who were around saying, well, maybe next year when this tournament comes around every four years. So <laughs> Come on. Come it was uh, a couple, a couple of drinks and a few bananas got away the pain mm -hmm. somewhat. Stuff. So, uh, the light goal today is 56 folks. That is what we are gunning for. And we are almost halfway there already at 27. So if you're watching on the nation network, YouTube hammer that like button for us. If you're watching on Facebook, hit the star button as well. You got some questions in the chat, which I will get to, but first three big things from the win on Friday night, courtesy of our friends at cornerstone insurance, Edmonton's premier insurance boutique. For insurance coverage, check them out, cornerstoneins.ca, commercial, home, and auto. They do it all. The first big thing from that win, that performance was the perfect balance of stars and depth. Early in the game, one, Derek Ryan finds the back of the net. Call him Derek McDavid. He's up to four goals on the season. It was a great play by Clem Costin to keep the chances going. But the other thing I loved was the shift right before that, Liam where it was the third line, Pugliarvi and Holloway and company really grinding away on the wild, getting a couple of chances in the offensive zone. That momentum, boom, 
That led to that fourth line getting some good looks and eventually scoring the first goal of the game. McDavid on the power play. Drysaddle on the power play. Yes, great. That power play is a weapon for you. Let it do its thing. I've always said, you can have a great power play. It's not a problem. People who say, oh, you only win because of your power play. I don't love that line. But that game on Friday showed how dangerous you can be when it's the elite power play working with some good depth scoring because we also had the Kyler Yamamoto goal, which I'll touch on in a second. But out of your four goals that weren't the empty netter, yeah, your stars got two of them on the power play. And guess what? It was kind of bottom nine, bottom six pieces, guys who weren't giving you a lot of offense early in the year doing the rest. My first big thing, the balance of depth and stars. Yeah, I think we've kind of spoke about this when guys have come up into the team. He's just having a positive influence on the game. And we know not everyone's going to score like Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisad all do. Like, it's obviously very obvious. But if you can go out there and kind of whip the other team down a little bit and just put some positive reinforcement on the ice, and it helps massively. And yeah, like, I really don't care who's scoring the goals as long as they're going in and the others are coming away with two points. Yeah, and they certainly did that. The second big thing, the man between the pipes, Stuart Skinner with another solid performance. He stops 42 of 44 shots. Yes, I said it was impressive. The Oilers held them to just 23 at five on five. That is crazy. On the special team side of things, Skinner was unbelievable. His save percentage on the season, as you can see on the graphic, is now 919. His goals against average is still sub three. He is nine and six on the year. That was the third time in his last four games that Skinner had a 909 or better save percentage. He was lights out in that hockey game. And again, the team in front of him played well, but he was very, very good and a big reason why they won. He's a big reason why they've been able to win most games this season, to well, be yeah. honest. Like the Oilers kind of didn't bail him out. They he bailed out the Oilers on Monday somewhat. I guess obviously they didn't win, but he was the only reason he was reasonably close in the game. And now they finally give him a bit of run support to do it. I think it was actually low tide today on his show was saying uh sixty seven sixty seven percent of the time Stuart Skinner's played is like how many times he's won a game, I guess you could say. I worded that terribly, but I'm sure people understand what I mean. But like he's giving you the best chance to win every single night. And I don't care how much Jack Campbell's making. Stuart Skinner is a star on this team until proven otherwise. And yes, for those of you asking in the chat, Stu is getting the start again this evening. So Skinner is going to get another chance to continue his solid start to the season. The third big thing I noticed came from the wee man, Kyler Yamamoto, finding the mm -hmm. back of the net. Yeah, you know what? Was that a little lucky? You deflect it in the slot. It takes a wild bounce off the ice, goes in, sure. But we're not going to call it luck when it comes to Kyler Yamamoto. We're going to say he's finally getting the bounces because this man was snake bit for so long. It feels like it's been like a calendar year of Kyler Yamamoto being snake bit. And to see him finally find the back of the net was great. It came at a big moment for the team as well, which was huge. And hopefully he can start to build this forward because Ryan Nugent Hopkins is on an absolute heater right now. And if you can get Yamamoto starting to produce a little bit at five on five, Liam, there might not be a reason to split up 29 and 97, at least in the short term, if 56 and 93 can keep the offense rolling. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? Like the reason we were hoping, not hoping, but Drysdale and McDavid wouldn't play together is because nobody else was really jiving at the time. But now you have that extra depth kind of coming through and people are scoring, which gives the Oilers the ultimate advantage of having the two best players in the league on the same line. 
So that's what you want. Like Nugent Hopkins is driving that line now. And like people have said like, oh, he can't drive a line himself. It's like, well, it's a lot different playing on the third line when you have to much more responsibility than playing on the second line where you're trying to drive more offense. So I'm loving it right now. Like that third line, like we mentioned too, like had a good game. So like finally kind of getting some contributions from more people. And if yeah, maybe this is Yamo's time. Like he's a streaky, he's a streaky scorer both ways, right? Like he'll go on runs where he won't get anything for a while. Then he'll go on runs where everything's hitting the back of the net. So hopefully this is kind of the start of the trend for him too. Uh, breaking news. I know a bunch of you, uh, we're wondering if the Oilers were going to put in a claim for Eli Tolvanen out in Nashville. Uh, this just came down on the wire that the Seattle Kraken actually scooped him up. I'm not 100% sure what the waiver order right now in the season is based on because there's a point where it flips from last year's standings to this year's or something confusing like that. Uh, but regardless, I think Seattle's getting a pretty decent player here mm. in Tolvanen. It's a guy who over the course of his very short career, young career, he's only 23, um, he scores... 15 goals every 82 games. That's the pace he plays at. For 1.45 million, 23 years old, that ain't too bad. So uh, Tolvanen is going to Seattle. The Oilers did not get him. I'm not totally stunned by that. I think they kind of... Mm-hmm. Yes, Apuliarvi is their Eli Tolvanen in a way. And I know that might sound a little bit weird, but I think that's a great pickup for Seattle to get some extra scoring. No complaints there. Uh, Tolvanen, good player, good contract. I Nashville, I don't know what they're doing. Um, they don't score very much. They only have 67 goals on the year. So why you would get rid of a 23-year-old who does have a history of scoring double digits doesn't make sense to me. But you do you, Nashville Predators. Um, Riley says the waiver order did switch. We had a chance to pick him up. I don't know. I, I just, I get it. He's a good player. But one, it's 1.45 million. So he's above that threshold where like, if it wasn't going well, you'd have to send him down. The Oilers could, if once everyone's healthy, the Oilers won't be able to afford to keep uh, Matthias Yanmark on the roster again, right? Like you got to remember those issues are still going to be bubbling up for the Oilers once they start to get guys back in the lineup. So I'm not stunned that they passed on a guy who's only making 1.4 million. But at the same time, I'm acknowledging Seattle's getting a good player. And yeah, I just, it wasn't a perfect fit for the Oilers. That's where I'll uh, that's where I'll leave that. We do have a short for giant game day that we are going to get to in just a bit here. But our guest today is a new teammate of ours at Oilers Nation. You know, I'm on Twitter at B Kerlock. He covers the Condors very well. His insights are tremendous. Excited to welcome into Oilers Nation every day. Bruce Kerlock. Bruce, first piece went up yesterday. Happy to have you on board at Oilers Nation, man. Well, First of all, thank you very much. Uh, quite a quite an honor to be a part of the team, and I certainly appreciate being here today. Let's chat a little Bakersfield Condors. I evaluating an AHL team for me because I only do it at a very surface level is always tough because it's like okay, you want them to you know be getting wins and be competitive and start to build up a winning environment, but at the same time, that can't be the number one priority for the team on that level. Are you a little bit concerned about the way things are going in Bakersfield? Well, yes. The short answer to that is yes. There's a couple of caveats for it. I mean, first, we don't know what instructions or what license Colin Chalk has to to operate down there. So perhaps there is directives coming from uh, Edmonton Oiler Management that are managing this. Um, you know, so if, but if you leave that aside, 
when an AHL team is owned by an NHL team, it's very specific why they own them. They own them for prospect development, period, full stop. And I, you know, as those who follow me on Twitter, no doubt know, I've been in a couple of battles with Bakersfield fans who I understand their aspirations to want a winning team, which, by the way, they don't have one right now. Um, But my point simply was, is that, you know, this is an AHL team owned by an NHL team, and it's really all about prospect development and what we're not seeing right now. Uh, if you look at someone like Carter Savoy, you're not seeing a player play more than maybe eight minutes a night. You're not seeing uh, players uh, like Tulio a little more routine now and Phil more routine now, but we're getting healthy scratched at the start of the year. And none of that makes sense if your primary focus is to develop your prospects. Sure, for sure, you want to protect them. But I mean, some of the decisions that we've seen, to, you know, year to date down there don't look like anything related to that and look more related to a coach focused on winning. Yeah, and that's the tough part, too, because I, I follow your tweets all the time and I see the stuff about Carter Savoy, who his first couple of games from just the boxcars, it looked like he was playing pretty well what do you make of him when he is playing like is it a thing where he is playing well just for some reason not getting the minutes does he just need more pro experience what do you make of Savoy's game so so and you would know him as well as I do from your from your days following true park you know he's not an easy prospect in my opinion to, to develop or coach right he's he he has a couple of skills one in particular that is absolutely without a doubt an NHL skill um, that said, he has a tendency to play on the periphery to some degree. He's not a play driver. He's not going to make a physical, uh, he's not going to make his uh, presence uh, known with physicality. Um, I think he understands his game really well. And I think he understands that he needs to be in space. And I think he needs, you know, that he needs the, uh, the opportunity to get a shot off. Um, and I think that's hard for coaches. Like even last year at the University of Denver, you could see his head coach struggle with him and would often single him out and move him down to the second line, even though he was scoring. And I think the hope was, is that you would develop this player that was more complete. And I just don't think that's him. I think he's, He's a, you know, he's going to be a complimentary player who's a scorer. Um, I think when he does get a chance, it's interesting. Uh, there was a couple of times in the last uh, two games where he's had the opportunity to play with Philp and Borgo. Um, and you can see a little more jump in his game. You can see uh, that those players understand where he's going to be. Um, and you can just see a little bit more creativity in his game there. Um, what do I think? I, you know, I mean, look, he's a, he's, a, he's a lower round pick for a reason. He's got some things to work on. He's got to get stronger. I don't mind his skating. I think his skating is fine. Um I think he needs to be more intense, uh, which, you know, is an odd thing for me to say, given what I've just said. But I I do think that he actually could help himself by being a little more um, robust on this forecheck because he can get to the puck and he has great hands. And, you know, to get create an opportunity for himself by getting the puck, giving it to somebody and then getting into a space. I think it's just time for him. I think he just he needs to play 10 
now probably 12 minutes a night. He needs to play power play time and you just let him go and mistakes will happen. And so what? That's, that's the game with prospects. And I like what you said earlier. Like, it's not like it's a winning team anyways. So if you're going to be middle of the pack or below the middle of the pack, at least give your prospects a chance to show their stuff and put them in situations where they can succeed. And you mentioned that, you know, maybe Noah Philp is a guy who's starting to get some more responsibility. I watched him a ton at the University of Alberta. Man, this guy is so tantalizing as a prospect because he's got the size. He's got this good offensive instinct. What have you made of the strides Philp's made early in his Condors career? So he he came to me relatively like a blank canvas. I didn't know a lot about him. Um, and uh, so my first introduction to him was really at the prospect uh, tournament in Penticton that I was out at. And I would say, you know, Savoy had a chance and then got injured. And I, But I would say it, the forward group, I think he was the second best forward out there behind Holloway, which is saying something, right? Because Borgo had a really good tournament. Uh, a couple of other players, had, you know, Reed Schaefer had a good tournament as a junior. But Philp was was really strong. And, and what I had heard about him was his skating was an, was an issue or there was challenges in his skating. And I don't see that at all. And I don't know if that's a function of whether he has worked on that. Um, but I see a stride that is, you know, I mean, his boots are never going to be fantastic, but I see a stride that is pretty strong, pretty long. The skates come back to center real quick. He does, he run, he, you know, he operates with the uh, two stride crossover. Well, um, he shoots the puck hard. Like his shot is incredibly heavy. He's got a great release. And I I have a tendency to agree with you. Like I think his offensive instincts are pretty good. Like to me, I sit there and watch. I I tweeted out a really bad video. Like you know, AHL production can't isn't always the greatest. But I mean, six foot three, right hand shot center wins a face off. You know, Benson taps it over and uh, Darren killed scores. I'm like. Man, Oilers could use right-handed shot, right-hand shot centers all day long, and here's a guy right there ready for him. Yeah, and and I love that too because it just seems like he could fit so perfectly in this Oilers lineup one day, giving them kind of everything they're missing in their bottom six. You mentioned the right shot, but they could use some size. They obviously need more scoring in their bottom six. And I'm not saying call up Philp and it's solved now, but it's just so intriguing to see him start to take on a bigger role down in Bakersfield. I want to touch on a couple of other players before I let you go. And if we could flash up the top uh, five scorers here on the Condors, both these names are going to be here. Let's start with Xavier Borgo, though. Eight goals in 23 games. What a start to his pro career. I'll ask you sort of the generic question of how close is this guy to NHL ready? So, uh, you know, I get to ask that a, a bunch. I mean, I think the, I think the short answer is, is that um, he has NHL skills and I just think it would be best for him if he stayed the season down there. Now, is he scoring now starting to score and play at a pace that you would be tempted in the, you know, towards the trade deadline to see what you have? Sure. Um, you know, but again, he does get overwhelmed a little bit physically. Um, you know, his skating is is good for sure. 
Um, but, uh, but it's not, you know, it's not fantastic. So, I mean, a whole year down there, just seasoning, learning how to play a, in a man's league against men, how to protect and how to, you know, just create space for himself, I think would be best. Um, you know, I can understand the draw to bring him up, especially when you see the right side and how little it scores. But to me, I, I would, I would keep him down there. I mean, he, he has exactly as he's been exactly as advertised. He's an offensive wizard, uh, somebody in that top. I compare him all the time to Jordan Eberle. He looks like Jordan Eberle to me, reminds me of Jordan, Jordan Eberle. Uh, somebody's going to love playing with him at center in that top six in Edmonton. Yeah, one of those pieces where, I mean, maybe guys like Borgo and Holloway, and this is a bit of an aside, but when we're talking about potentially moving the first round pick at the deadline for immediate help, I think it's easier if you're Ken Holland to sit there, gulp and say, I'm moving my first rounder this year because yeah. Borgo and Holloway should both be pieces that are coming up. And it, there seems to be a decent little wave of high-end talent coming through this system, or in Holloway's case, that's already here. One guy yeah. who maybe casual fans wouldn't know a lot about is the guy who's third on this list, Michael Kesselring. Same amount of goals as Xavier Borgo. And oh, by the way, he's a defenseman who's six yeah. foot four. And we talk about things that this Oilers team might love and a six foot four D-man who can move the puck. That, that would be up there. What's allowed him to kind of burst up this year and, and quadruple his goal output already from last year? <laughs> well, he's, I mean, to be fair, he's probably on the heater of all heaters, although his shooting percentage yeah. is not out of the realm of normalcy for another player for him it is obviously but um you know uh, you know i say all the time uh, he's a coach's kid right he is a coach's kid and sometimes that can be a, a vice but in his case i think it's a virtue like i've watched him for a number of years now and every year he comes in and whether it's the team has given him something to work on or whether he was working on it with his dad or or whatnot but you know first it was his skating and then you know it was some of his puck skills and now this year it's really you know i mean it's a combination of things his his uh he's obviously scoring um i you know again he's just super confident with the puck right now and i think a big piece of, to that is is his lateral mobility for a guy you said six four i think he's even less than six five in the ahl guide like he, you watch him walk the blue line it's impressive for for a, a man of that size um and then the other piece which i mean he was always more of a offensive uh, or you know less focused on the physical side of the game um and that has changed this year like he is absolutely uh intent on uh playing being hard to play against um you know there are there's been a couple of occasions where i've actually looked at uh, tape and said wow he's trying to hurt people uh, and I don't mean that in a negative way, but I mean like physically leave a, a mark on a guy uh, so that the next time that guy comes down his side, the guy thinks about just chipping it in. And, um, you know, it it's all really come together for him. And, you know, for a team that talked or, you know, we heard these snippets about Vincent DeArnay, um and maybe having a look. I'd be really, really curious you know i feel bad for vincent like a couple of bad breaks with injuries but boy i tell you this this kid brings that same size not obviously as much physical or defensive 
prowess perhaps, but man, he moves the puck. He skates with it. He makes a good outlet pass. I, I, you know, boy, I'll tell you, there's a bottom uh, pairing defenseman there, I think, which is a testament given, I think, if I remember right, he's a sixth round draft pick in 2018, yeah. if I remember right. It is, yeah. Yeah, it's wild yeah. to see the way he's he's taken some steps forward and hopefully the Oilers have a bit of a gem in Michael Kessel ring. Uh, Bruce, this was fantastic, man. I love kind of just ripping through the roster here and going through a bunch yeah. of names. This is not going to be the last time we do this. So look forward to having you on the show again soon. Perfect. Thanks very much. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There you go. That is Bruce Kerlock. You can find him on Twitter at B Kerlock. All the Condor stuff you need drops in some Oilers takes too and all of that stuff. Um, he, he's really, really sharp and we're excited to have him on board here at Oilers Nation. Let's uh, move along to the Sherwood Ford Giant game day edition of the show as Edmonton is getting set to take on the Minnesota Wild once again, as Zach Hyman said earlier today, kind of like a mini playoff series, playing them in back-to-back games, although the Wild did have a game against Vancouver wedged into there as well. Uh, Minnesota, you know, seemingly starting to piece things together. Not a ton to get to in terms of previewing things from the wild perspective of things. Because again, we did that on Friday, uh, but from an Oilers perspective. I know we can start with the Minnesota Lions, actually, since we got those ready to go. It's going to be a relatively similar lineup to the one we saw on Friday. Kaprizov with Steele and Zuccarello is going to be your top line. A bit of a different look in the middle six, though. As uh, Freddie Goudreau and Matt Boldy will stay together. But Sammy Walker is going to be on the left side of that line for the Minnesota Wild. Not a guy I'm honestly super familiar with here, but he's sliding up, got the call up. Joel Erickson, Marcus Foligno, and Jordan Greenway, the third line, at least that's how they're listed, really used more like the second line by Dean Evans and Connor DeWar with Ryan Reeves and Mason Shaw, that tough fourth line for the Wild. The D pairings, Middleton, Spurgeon, Brodeen, Dumba, Merrill, Addison. Third time in like two weeks, the Oilers are playing these guys. I think I the, the players like Middleton, who are a little mean, right? You can go to that fourth line as well. I wouldn't be surprised if things get a little spicier here tonight. You think back to that Derek Ryan goal to start last game, and you know there was pushing and shoving after that one. 
I think tonight could be a little bit spicy. TC, 4-1 Edmonton, Sammy Walker, first NHL goal versus the Oilers, as is tradition, would not be the least bit surprised with that. Uh, The Oilers tonight, they are going with the exact same lineup. Through and through. It's expected to stay the same. McDavid with Dreisaitl and Hyman. Connor McDavid, 13 points in his last five games. Ho-hum. Nothing unusual there. Nugent Hopkins, he's got eight points in his last five games. He's going to stay with Yanmark and Yamamoto. James Hamblin with Holloway and Pugliarvi. I like that they're giving this line a little bit of runway here. I think they're starting to piece things together a little bit. And uh, Devin Shore with Derek Ryan and Clem Hostin. Loving Clem Costin. Another great game for him against the Wild as he picked up an assist on the Derek Ryan goal. Nurse with CeCe, Kulak with Barry, Broberg and Bouchard. Oilers need more from that Nurse and CeCe pairing tonight. And that transitions nicely into our Sherwood Ford Giant Keys to victory as we welcome Liam back into the show. Liam, I am saying that top D pairing is a big one for the Oilers. If they want to continue to limit the Wild at five on five, a big thing will be getting the puck out of their own zone efficiently which they need Nurse and CC to do better, and also limiting and not having as many grade-A turnovers, which Nurse, CC, and I'd even throw Barry into that group, they were kind of guilty of on Friday night. So the Oilers need their three most expensive D-men to be better, point-blank, period. What is your key to the game? Yeah, I think that's, that's a good one. I mean, Nurse can't be doing what he did on that first goal again, obviously. So I think my other key to the game is kind of something we spoke about off the top, is just... A positive performance from everyone, you know, like the forward group. Like if someone's coming out, just kind of, just kind of do something to influence the game in a good way. Obviously it's not going to be a perfect 60 minutes for every single player, but if you can get most guys kind of rolling right now, and I feel like there's a lot of confidence flowing through this forward group, especially then I think the others should be fine and just defend well in front of Stu and he'll, he'll do the job there at the back too. Yeah. What did you make of our friend Bruce Kerlock? A guy like Burgo, that's tempting. But Michael Kesselring, you're a prospect guy too. So I wanted to give you your chance to say something here. But Kesselring's a guy, like I know people in the chat were like, oh, last thing we need is like more offensive defensemen. But I'm not necessarily talking about this year. Let's talk about heading to the offseason. You want to free up some cap space, you move Tyson Berry. If you have a guy like Kesselring waiting in the ring, waiting in the wings, six foot four, moves the puck well, like Bruce says, has some physical bite. That's a guy who I'm really intrigued to watch for the rest of the season. Yeah, I, th- I think the the Condors are a really interesting team this year because there's a lot of guys who are kind of evolving into professionals for the first time. Like a lot of guys are being given roles. Like you mentioned Savoy and Tulio. It's like, well, this is their first year pro. And like even Olivier, Olivier Rodrigue has kind of stepped into a really big role with the Condors, which is a bit unexpected this year. And he's done well. But I guess... With Castle Ring, or even like if any defenseman are kind of developed, like look what New Jersey was able to do with a guy like Ty Smith this year. Obviously, Ty Smith was a first round pick, but they ended up trading him for John Marino. You know, like yeah. it's not just about like if these guys are going to play for the NHL team next year, it's about building up these prospects so that if you actually want to go out and get top players to help you, say you want it, you do want that shutdown defenseman, then you can trade one of these guys and then you can go get an NHL established defenseman too. So, I think it works both ways, but I agree with a lot of the stuff you were saying about Savoy. Obviously, we've got a quite a lot of history with him watching him with Sherwood Park. And like I think there's a lot of yeah. promise in this team. And there's guys who he didn't even talk about who we were still in juniors, like Reed Schaefer right now with Team Canada and Matias Petrov is uh, over playing in North Bay too. And like, Max Warner. There's a lot of prospects in this Oilers pipeline, which 
gives them a lot to play with when it comes to the deadline, even just moving forward into the future with potentially playing in the copper and blue. Yeah. Will be interesting. Uh, you guys are dropping your keys to victory in the Nation Network YouTube chat. Rusty, the reckless optimist, says Nuge gonna have another three point night. Man, wouldn't that be something? Um, you guys are debating if it's a good idea for maybe someone like Clem Shady to go fight Reeves. Tyson says no fighting Reeves. Just let him run around and take penalties and generally be a pylon. I don't hate that take at all. Costin's too precious to potentially lose him in a fight to Reeves. Yeah, I totally see that as well. Dayton says limiting dumb penalties is going to be huge tonight. I agree. You gave the Wild five power play opportunities last game. You, you certainly don't want that to happen again. Uh, Short for Giant Game Day brought to you by, as always, our friends. Short for the Giant. They got their new mobile truck. They posted a video of it on their Twitter. You can go find it. We've been resharing it on the Nation Network. What a fantastic feature. You leave the game. Truck's not starting, car's not starting. Boom, Short Ford has got you all around the clock. Also, what I love about driving a Ford, I got to leave. I got to be in the office right away to do real life. I'm going to be getting in the nation truck right after this show's done. Boom, I can start my truck from my phone. What a neat little feature. Shout out to Sherwood Ford, the giant. Also, Sports Closet, sportscloset.ca for the hockey fan or sports fan in your life. They got everything at the Sports Closet, including some nation gear. So, if you want to order online, like I said, sportscloset.ca. Also, St. Albert Mall, Sherwood Park Mall, and Kingsway Mall. Love our friends at the Sports Closet. I might freshen up what's going on behind me right away, too. So, I might be coming in Sports Closet. Uh, let's get to our bets for today, Liam. Betway, 19+. plus. Please play responsibly. Your spot, if you want to lay a little coin on the old Edmonton Oilers tonight, and you've identified a couple of plus money spots, let me hear it. I'm just here to chase the juice, Tyler, and I want everyone to follow me. So tonight, we're going with a Ryan Nugent Hopkins shot prop. Yeah, three of the last five. You know, he's been hot. Like, we're talking about getting a three-point light. Let's hope for a three-shot night, and then we'll get the points to come with it, too. And, of course, if the Oilers are going to win, Connor McDavid's going to get at least one point. So, I mean, plus 110 Probably. seems nice for that one. And, yeah, it's obviously they're on the road, and Minnesota's not an easy place to play. But I think the others can make it six of the last eight tonight. And yeah, again, Connor McDavid, he's probably going to do something tonight. What did you say? 13 points in his last five games? Yeah, if, if the Oilers are going to win, McDavid's going to yeah. be in on the action. Uh, you mentioned the nude shot prop. I love the Hyman shot prop. He's hit it in four mm -hmm. of his last five, and it's actually paying out a little bit better at plus 115. And if you want to get a little bit more aggressive, maybe you do Oilers to win and McDavid to score two plus points at plus 200. Maybe that ends up coming in handy for you a little bit. Um, I might do that. I might do that and the Hyman one. Those are going to be my two bets tonight. Oilers to have 33-plus shots on goal as well. They did it Friday against the Wild. Maybe they can do it again. So I got three bets for you. Also, if you want some action from around the NHL, I like the over and the Drake Batherson shot prop in Anaheim and Arizona. That's a game I'm going to be targeting a little bit. Shout out to our producer, Alex, who is a Senators fan. Um, 19 plus, please play responsibly. Shout out to Betway. Tyson says Hyman is another guy. Okay. We're three away? Three away. Come on, we people. If you're, watching, if you're watching on the Nation Network YouTube, we cannot wrap up the show until we get to 56 likes. So hammer the like button a couple more times, and then we can get out of here. I'll be watching yep. it intently. We also got up over 100 viewers again. So shout out. We mm -hmm. peaked at 104, I think, on YouTube. So great stuff there. Bruce Kerlock brings in the people. He's a peop man of the people. 
People want to hear about these prospects. They're not people you see every night. So people want to know what no, the future and the future is bright. The future is bright. Yeah. And that's why I want to have Bruce on more often is just because again, like I'm assuming most of the people in the chat are in the same boat as me. And it you don't watch the condors. You read the box mm-hmm. scores, you watch the highlights, you watch what Ryan Holt puts out there, but it's guys like Bruce who kind of keep us in tune with, with what's going on it down in Baco. Uh, chemo with the prediction McDavid scores four goals. I mean, probably not, but he's leading the NHL 25 in 28 games as McDavid not only looks to push to 50. I mean, he's probably going to do 50 by what all-star no, um, but he could have 50 goals by the 60 point mark this season. I think the watch for McDavid is, can he get to 60 goals this season? Jason Robertson sitting two behind him as well. And there we go. We hit our 56 likes. Thank you, everybody. Another day. We should keep track of how many days in a row we've hit our like goal, Liam, and see how long we can keep that rolling. I think it's four. Four days in a row now. And we hit the we hit the big juicy one on Friday of 93. So that was awesome. Mm-hmm. Thank you that for everyone good. doing it. Yeah, it's awesome uh, to see. To- it's good to have a support. Shout out to the Sports Closet. Shout out to Sherwood Forward at the Giants, Soho Yeg, Cornerstone Insurance, and Betway. That's going to be a wrap on a Monday edition of the show. Oilers versus Wild tonight as I punch my microphone in pure excitement at the opportunity for the Oilers to start this mini road trip with a big W. Thanks for tuning in to the show today. As always, if you missed the show, it is available as a podcast. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts from. We'll be back tomorrow, noon Mountain Time. Chat with you then. Enjoy the game tonight. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.